Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is October the 13th, 2020. So it is Thursday. It is Learner's Lounge Thursday. We're so elated that you could be here with us tonight here as we break down the religious walls. And the doctor then tonight, he will be preaching and teaching the word of God as God has given and brought it forth to him. So we're just so elated for you to be here with us tonight. Just very, very elated for that. Um, just grateful. As usual, when you guys get on the air, we're just so always so fairly grateful. So that's awesome that you guys still support our show. You guys still come on and you guys do what this is to work by listening and tuning in and letting others know about our show. So thank you for that. And now for the Learner's Lounge Thursday portion, which is the inspiration Thursday. That's the first portion of Learner's Lounge Thursday. I come on and do a little inspiration. So what I want to talk to you about today will there actually be a rapture. Now, some early theologians like Origen saw the rapture as a, pure, as a purely spiritual event. Now, there is another person called Rufinus who viewed biblical references to a rapture as a statement about the nature of the afterlife. Now, other early theologians like Augustine and Chrysostom did associate a physical rapture event with the final judgment. Many modern depictions of the rapture in pop culture come from a theology developed by John Darby in the 19th century. Now, what does the word rapture mean? For those that don't know, let's talk about that. So rapture means the final judgment has become a staple of the Christianity's interaction, whether through cinematic depictions of apocalyptic natural disasters or literary references for four horsemen, Many today, whether Christian or not, have developed some sort of idea about what the last days will look like. Now, among those ideas, there is some work understanding of the rapture of believers, where Christians around the world will be taken up to heaven prior to the unleashing of the catalytic event that most associate with end times. Images of empty piles of clothes and cars whose drivers have suddenly disappeared have been a part of the popular understanding of the rapture for decades. And many do not question whether such an event plays out like this. But how did we get to that event? Where did these popular understandings of the rapture come from? And how did they compare to what the church historically taught regarding the rapture and the final judgment? Now, we all know from sin in church that when Jesus is to return, um, his church, his people, the ready saints are going to be caught up in the air with him. Now, let's begin by examining what the actual word rapture itself, like much of the of the vocabulary, it is derived from the Latin word, and in the translation of the Bible, it means vulgate. The word in question is mentioned in First Thessalonians chapter four, verses sixteen and seventeen. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven, and with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. After that, he who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Now, that's the new international version, though. Now, a spiritual rapture, that is a rapture where it looks at first, that's only 4 and 17, in a largely spiritual way. Defining the dead and the living, not based on any sort of physical condition, but on their relationship to Christ. Those who have been perfected, he claimed, are alive in Christ, while the dead in Christ were those who were still inclined to become overpowered by their human nature and so in his view had not completed their union with Christ. 
From this perspective, this sees Paul's idea of being caught up as sort of a spiritual resurrection. Those whom he said to be dead have special need of the resurrection. So in, so in the origin view, the rapture was not so much a physical carrying off of a spiritual resurrection, needed most by those who are furthest from Christ. Okay. When you talk about a physical rapture, if he is about to descend on what account shall we be caught up? Chris Sosom's music for the sake of honor. But when a king drives into a city, those who are in honor go out to meet him, but the condemned await the judge within. As he ascends, we go forth to meet him. So basically, his idea is a physical rapture. Now, we all know that based on listening and reading Revelation, it will be more spirituality in the likelihood of, yeah, God's going to come back for his ready church. That means readily awaiting his return. They've done everything that he's asked of them to do. That's the church he's going to come out. going to be caught up in the air with all the saints that have already passed away, that have already, in our depiction, we said they went on home to glory. Well, they did go home to glory, absolutely, in our mind. But they're not in heaven yet because they were in a waiting space, waiting for Christ's return because he wants to get his church all at one time. So that's what that means when we talk about the rapture and the spirituality. And I believe it's spiritual. I don't believe it's a literal, like, physical thing. I think that it is, and it could be, it could be, because if you read Revelation, it could be, but a lot of the Bible has parables. So so, so they're talking what, like, a parable is a kind of like a synopsis or it's like an example. But it doesn't give the definitive why specifically at this time because nobody knows the time, nor the day, the hour, the minute that the Son of Man shall return. We don't know that part. So since we don't know that part, we're just awaiting for Christ's return. When he is to come back, that's why a lot of people in church say don't get ready. We have to already be ready because we don't know the minute of Christ's return. We just really don't know. So we have to be ready at all costs. We have to be ready. Thank you guys for Inspiration Thursday. I appreciate it. When you guys listen, when I find something inspiring, hopefully some of the things I talk about, you can gain some knowledge from it. But don't just take what I say as etched in stone. I want you guys to go ahead and get out your Bibles, and based on what I talk about, go get that same understanding for yourself. Because most of my commentaries I find on the Internet, like, of course, Schofield, um, he does the um, – Schofield does like the dictionary portion of it, and then Matthew Henry's commentary is one that I'm okay with learning, utilizing, and such and so forth. And then Bibles that I'm comfortable reading, of course, <clears throat> will be the new um, the King James Version for one. Every now and then the new international version. But at church, we really stick to King James Version. That's just our Bible of choice. It gets us where we need to be when we're reading and getting and understanding of God's word. Schofield is really good because Schofield does have an expository Bible, um, which does expound on a lot of different things. When you read that Schofield expository Bible, it does have some commentary inside the Bible, but it's also a Bible that has a dictionary where you can look up words and meanings. Another good Bible I might recommend, well, normally for bishops and pastors, but it's a Thompson and Chain Bible. Um, that's a good Bible. Now, I'm not an expert on Bibles or commentaries, or even um, Bibles that 
have dictionaries in it. I'm not the expert. I'm just telling you some of the ones I've read before in the past. And maybe if you're looking for a new Bible, something where you have a chance to read, research, check your facts before you purchase a Bible that you may not understand. Pray on it. Let God read you. Let God lead you to the right Bible. That way when you're reading his word, you get a greater understanding. Thank you again for Inspiration Thursday. Now, remember, I'm not the preacher nor the teacher. I'd just like to inspire you if I can. Now the doctor is in, and he's ready to break down the word of God. Thank you, Sister Kitasha. God bless you, Lady Elaine, tonight. Amen, amen. We done heard some words of inspiration tonight. Amen. Coming from a young student in the gospel of Jesus Christ, my granddaughter. Expressing her opinion, amen, what she believes the rapture is. Amen. I just want to say on that tonight, amen, whether you believe it or not, there's going to be a snatching away of God people out of here real soon, sooner than what we expect. Amen. And sooner than what we're thinking. I'm going to, amen, resume tonight in the Word of God where we left off on, amen, uh, last Thursday. And for the last, amen, a uh, few months ago, amen, uh, we've been talking about what is holiness. And amen, we we expressed that to you, amen, what is holiness. And then we went to, amen, uh, the necessity of holiness. Uh, then, praise the Lord, God bless us to bring holiness of God. Holiness is of God. And that is where... <clears throat> We want to resume it tonight. Holiness is of God. Amen. Holiness ought to be ringing in your mind tonight. If you are holy and understand the word of holiness, you are looking for something to be pure and righteousness and clean in your mind and in your spirit tonight. Now, in the year, amen, that King Uzziah died, the Bible tells us, amen, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. Sitting up on a throne, high and lifted up, and his twain filled the temple. And above it stood serpents. Each one had six wings, and with wings he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 5 says, Then says I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then, amen, he went and took a coal from David's altar that God may purge him. What is holiness? Holiness is God's nature. And we shall continue in this, amen, in the year the king of thy died. I also saw the Lord. And when I saw him, he, he was sitting high. 
and he will lift it up in his twain, fill the temple. God's holiness calls a response. When we have God's holiness, it calls a response. A response to see him. Seeing God even in a measure of his holiness. It invites, it awakes, and it reverends. But it also allows us to see God majestic, or his majesty. When Isaiah saw the glory of God filling the temple, he lamented over his uncleanness, failing, and sinfulness. Thus we know, amen, that God's glory contained his holiness. Or perhaps we could say that his glory is his holiness. But merely seeing God's holiness is inadequate. For we must be clean of sin so that we can pierce his holiness in our life. Now here Isaiah was in Amen, the temple, serving King Uzziah and thought that he was all right. It's a lot of people today, they think they're all right. They talk about the Lord, they love the Lord, but they never seen him. I declare when you see God, when you really see him, you change. There is a transformation come in your life when you really see God. One of the greatest things interests me here is Isaiah says, Woe is me, for I am unclean. I thought I was on my way to heaven and come to find out unrighteous my own self. And I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. The congregation that I'm associating with and fellowshipping with. When I seen the Lord, I come to find out that they were also unclean. You can't really serve God in an unclean spirit. All you can put on a performance but you can't say that God with an unclean spirit. Thus we know, amen, that the glory of God contained his holiness. Or perhaps we could say that his glory is his holiness. There's no way around being holy, children. It doesn't make, again, I, I like to say amen, it doesn't make any difference what denomination, amen, is written over your church door. We must be like Jesus, and Jesus is holy. And he's telling you and I today, there is a call from heaven saying, come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord. It's a call for holiness. In the last days that we're living in right now, we must be like Jesus. For merely seeing God, holiness is inadequate. For we must be clean 
of sin. We must live a clean life right here on earth from sin. Oh, you say, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to that kind of church. That kind of church cuts my fun off. Well, let me tell you, you're fooling yourself. If you are living in sin and you confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord, you're still on your way to hell. God don't dwell in no unclean temple. Our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Romans 6 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abide? God forbids us to continue to do wrong when he has cleansed us and washed us in his blood. Clean us of our sins, that we can experience his holiness in our life. Amen. Right on earth, he wants us to experience his holiness in our life. Respond to his majesty. Being in the manifestation, present of God, holiness brings the conviction to sinners and inspired worships among the redeemed. When we are in the very presence of God, if you are a sinner, it will bring conviction. Holiness bring a conviction. You will either stay around or you will leave. And the majority of the time, what I see now, people is either on their way out. They want to tip out. They don't want to, amen, stay in the presence of God. It'll bring conviction to a sinner, and it, 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 it inspires worship among the Redeemer. A real Christian want to praise him that much more. We don't got to the church now. We don't got to the time now. We don't even want to praise God, whether it's in the sanctuary or in your home. We don't want to praise him anymore. But all through the word of God, he let us know, amen, he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy of, of, of being reverend, honor, respect. For well, it is God's nature. It's his glory and his majesty. The wicked person may scorn, but a saved person will break forth in worshiping, praising and admiration and honor to God. He will praise God in the beauty of holiness. There is nothing like praising God in the beautiness of holiness. When you don't deny yourself, your flush, get your flush out of the way. It ain't no good, no way. There is nothing, amen, like the beautiness of holiness. When you can see the adorns of the Spirit of God being manifested in the midst of you and come up on the saints of God and his radiance from the Holy Ghost move upon God's people. There's nothing like that. One expression of praise that is often used in church service 
and in the heavens is used the word hallelujah. I dare you to say that from the intents of the guts of your heart tonight. Say hallelujah. It brings up the very nature of holiness. When you get to saying that in church, amen, if there's those, amen, that don't know Jesus, they get to bag it up. They don't want to stay around that. But hallelujah. Give an exaltation to our God. He must be worshiped, children. It is, amen, the same in all language. Well, amen, no matter it is, hallelujah is the same in all language. A praise to Jehovah in words and in heart. I'm praising my God. In the hour that we're living in, Thanks of God, we ought to praise our God like never before. And if you is a real saint of God, you will praise him because the signs of time is telling us to lift up your head. Because our redemption is drawing nigh. The more wickedness that we can see is being confessed upon the earth, that is the closer it is for Jesus is to come. I am excited about his word. And I hope you get excited. When you really see Jesus, you will be excited. I never seen so many stillborn babies in my life. As I see in this generation, yes, I love the Lord, I don't accept the Lord, and they're still born. There ain't no enthusiastic about their birth. People don't get excited about their birth. Yes, child, I, I got fear with the Holy Ghost, but there is no power. There is no anointing. There is no manifestation of the Spirit. When you truly is born again, joy come in. The anointing of the power of the Holy Ghost from heaven itself rejoices. In Revelation, the 15th chapter, dispatch and amen confirmed that worshiping and the triumphant praise to God, it flows freely from those who know God and whom God has made to share in the victory of Christ over the forces of evil. When you really know God, there is a victory in your praise. No matter what people may say or think about you, they can see that there is an inspiration of the Spirit of God moving upon you. There is a victory in praise. free from those who know God and whom God has made to share in his victory. It's a blessing tonight to know that God has allowed us to share the victory tonight. We are victorious, amen, in Christ Jesus. If we only knew how to continue to praise him in the midst of our trials and our tribulations, 
If we only knew how to just surrender and give praise unto him, hell, I would have to surrender to you. Because God's holding it. you got to grow. We are stunned today. We don't stop growing. You grow when you fast. You grow when you study the word of God. You grow when you pray. You grow when you meditate on God's word. We don't stop praying. We utter a few words, but that ain't really praying. And we certainly don't meditate on the deepness of the depths of God. Growing towards God's holiness. One of God's purpose is that we grow towards the statute of the fullness of Christ. We got to know him in the fullness. It's all right to know him, but you got to know him in the fullness. Ephesians 4 and 13. In the fullness of him, like amen, Jesus is the fullness of the body of the Godhead. All dwells, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus. When you really understand who Jesus is, and if there is no doubt about it, and you won't have to amen, one amen, whether there are two or three, amen, when you really understand who he is and he reveals himself to you, you'll understand it ain't but one. You see, in Ephesians 4 and 13, God's holiness is imparted through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, my God, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, then God, he imparts through the infilling. It's necessary. It is a need for the church in this generation now is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not enough for you to go up and say, I confess the Lord with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus has risen him from the dead. Now I am saved. That ain't the word of God no way. He says, I should confess the Lord Jesus with thy mouth and believe in thy heart that God has risen him from the dead. Thou shall be if you continue on in his word. Thou shalt be saved. He didn't tell you were saved, but you didn't listen to some preacher, somebody that don't know they have never been filled with the Holy Ghost themselves. Come try to lead you to Jesus Christ and don't know Jesus themselves. It's necessary for in this church age to have the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give you utterance. God will give you some help. You're growing in. God's holiness is imparted. I through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And with this entangling express, it's necessary to enter the kingdom of God. It is necessary, man, for you to receive the Holy Ghost is to enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace. 
joy over in the Holy Ghost. That's what you ought to have on the side of you. Peace, joy over in the Holy Ghost. It's not about a buffet style, amen, to see who can eat the most or what kind of the different food is on the, on, the, on the buffet, amen. It's about peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. My God, my God. To enter the kingdom of God, it is also necessary for us to grow towards God's holiness. Amen. The Holy Ghost teaches us when you are when you receive the Holy Ghost, you are just beginning is to get into the knowledge of who Jesus really is. Don't you think you got it made or you amen know everything now because God must shed a little of his mystery with you. You just began to grow. And some of us have got at ease. We don't stop pressing like we used to because God allowed his spirit to come within us and gave us a transforming and a renewing of our mind. But now we don't press no more. Paul said, I press toward the mark of a higher calling, which was in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm pressing on tonight. Yes, I've been in this for a long time, but I'm still like I'm brand new. I'm pressing. Not that I have apprehended. But I'm pressing toward the mark of a higher calling. I'm not satisfied where I'm at. Yes, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking with other tongues of the Spirit of God, but I'm not satisfied. I'm growing in grace and into the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, into the knowledge of his holiness. This does not mean, amen, that we will achieve perfectness or perfection, holiness in this life. Amen. We try all we want to try, but you want to achieve perfection in this life. That don't keep you from trying. There's a song, Lord, I never, I never rest perfection, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Every day of my life, I'm, I'm trying to get a little closer and a little closer and understand the Lord in his holiness a little different in my life every day. But it does set our attitude towards holiness just as a ship set its sail from a distant port. The Spirit of God give to us is God. God give us his Spirit. We that are led by the Spirit of God, we are the children of God. God give us his Spirit. But we are not God incarnated. As for Jesus. Now, amen. We're not God incarnated as, as Jesus. We just have the Spirit of God. We will still struggle with our carnality, and sometimes 
We submit into we'll submit to sin. Amen. Right here after we've been born again. We struggle. We struggle. We struggle with carnality. And if we are not careful, amen, sometimes we fall. Sometimes we sin. But Jesus said, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Don't, if you sin, if you go outside of the will of God, don't do it intentionally. But if something happens and calls you to go outside, you stop right there and repent and let the Lord restore you. Don't be like, amen, a sow that you can wash the old hog, clean up. And if there's a mud pole somewhere, she go on and jump in that mud because that's her nature. When God cleaned you up, yes, our old sense is our nature. But when God cleans up, he don't want us to go back to the hog pen. He don't want us to be like a dog, vomit. His own representation and then turn around and eat it. Don't let God clean you up and then you turn right around and eat the sand that God's been cleansed you up from. Be ye holy. I'm talking about holiness now. This is to the body of Jesus Christ, the whole body of Jesus Christ. The word of God is for every born-again believer. But God is our strength and our salvation. He is our strength. Amen. And he is our salvation. We couldn't boast about anything, amen, if it wasn't for God's strength and his salvation. God is our strength. He's our keeper. He's our refuge in the time of trouble. And he's our salvation. He brought salvation to this world that we might have, that we might live and have life more plentiful, abundantly. He gently plucks up when we fall. He picks us up when we fall. Thank God, listen to that. He picks us up when we fall. I mean, I say, you don't have to stay in the mud. Get up. You backsliders out there tonight that been out there in the mud so long. Listen, that ain't your home. Get up and wash yourself off. Under the blood of Jesus. Jesus will pick you up where you fell at. If the blood of Jesus is running warm in your veins tonight, you still got a chance. Get up, get up. When Isaiah saw the Lord, he saw him high and lifted up above the evil of this old world, the scheming of this old world. He's clean. He cleans our heart and our hands when we sin. Yes, if we sin, the Lord will clean our heart and he'll clean, amen, our hands. He will clean us. Come godly sorry before me, Lord. I I I I I I fell at a moment of weakness. If we come to him, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us. 
of our sin. You don't have to stay in sin. The wagon of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Of course, amen, we must walk to get up and make our request known unto God. You got to walk to get up out of that mud pen. You laying around on your couch, get up out of that mud pen. You just hiding your time away. You need to get up. Come on, the holiness. Holiness is right. And the Bible is right, and somebody is wrong. Somebody out there is wrong, but the Bible is right. Now, you can try to twist the scriptures if you want to, but amen, God's word, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word don't stand. Make known your request to God, and we must repent when we sin and allow Jesus to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We must repent. Repent. How hard is it to repent? If you want to get right, let me tell you, it ain't it ain't that hard to repent. And when you repent, you say, Lord, I won't do that thing again. You forgive me for it. I'm changing my ways. I won't travel that same old road that I was going down when I found out I was done wrong. Be ye holy tonight, for I am holy. This section of the lesson, amen, have blessed my soul as I study the word of God, amen. And let me know, amen, there is room in my life that I can get much more, much, 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 much more closer to Jesus. The scripture, amen, declare, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. It took the blood of Jesus. Hebrew 9 and 22. Down to tell me, amen, they get ready, amen, as if the fountain, uh, the red heifers, and they get ready to rebuild the third temple. And, in, 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 amen, in, 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 in for, for uh, the ritual of cleanliness, they had to have a, a red heifer to purify the water. To make the people clean. But you know what makes us clean? Is the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, the blood. Without the shedding of blood. And he shed his blood. He shed his blood on Calvary. When they pierced him in the side, came out blood and water. Blood was for the redemption of our sin. And water was for being buried in his holy name. God bless you tonight. The center place of God dwelling with Israel in God's Old Testament was the tabernacle, later the temple. The one event that makes fellowship between God and man possible was the annual atonement for sin. The annual atonement was for sin. Amen. The priest would stand in the holiness of holiness. For all Israel. Well, look what Jesus did. He said, Amen. I die once, and I ain't going to die no more. The 
the old ritual they used to repeat year after year. They're trying to bring that back again, but it won't clean us from our sins. Only the blood of Jesus. Of course, there were a daily sacrifice of animals with the shedding of blood, but the atonement typifies one sacrifice offered for sin that Jesus made made for us on the cross. One sacrifice. He died one time. Look at the purification. Look at the cleanness of his flesh. He died just one time. Now, they had to kill animals every year. But here come a man. I don't even like to recognize him as just a man, the son of God. Because God was manifesting in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and were received on in the glory. I don't like to know him that no. It was God that come and died for us. Oh, with the spirit of God. You can't hear God. You can't hear God. Oh, praise the Lord. But amen, the atonement typifies, amen, the uh, one sacrifice offering of sin that Jesus made for us on the cross. But his death on the cross at Calvary, Jesus shed his precious and innocent blood for every person. He was innocent. We were guilty. We still are guilty, but he was innocent. And he shed his precious blood for us on Calvary. And still we won't repent. Still we don't want to do right. For whosoever, amen, will believe and accept him as Lord through the cross, obtain the forgiveness of sin. Jesus really is to forgive you. As you are out there listening to me tonight, you call in tonight, amen. We will pray for you. Jesus is ready, willing, and able is to forgive you of your sins tonight. Not tomorrow, but right now. He said, the day that you hear my voice, he said, harden not your heart. Don't, 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 don't be like an amen. Walk in the days of power. Every time, amen, that the Lord will tell Moses to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, Pharaoh hard got that much more stubborn. And God had to keep on whooping him. We got a Pharaoh today, a modern-day Pharaoh, still don't want to let God's people go. Call it the world. There is no end to to God's forgiveness by the atoning blood of Jesus and no limit to the transformation presence of the Spirit in our life. There is no limit. God forgive who he wants to forgive, when he wants to forgive. He's God, God alone. First John 1 and 7 says, 
we walk in the light. As he is the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not some. You ain't got to hold on to no sin. Sin has no more dominion over us. After Jesus died, sin don't have no more dominion over us. And Jesus will forgive us for all of our sin. I don't care how long you've been in your sin. The Lord will forgive you. The aspect, amen, of the shedding of blood, the experience, the holiness of God is daily as a daily living requirement. The blood of Jesus. This thing, amen, you got to live it daily. You got to live this thing daily. Your fleshly games is over with. You can't, amen, go out and do what you used to do, amen, and live a holy and a sanctified life. For the cross is both our crucifixion and our life. The cross is our crucifying its own flesh. And amen is a new life that he has transformed us in. Thank God for the cross. In Galatians, amen, chapter 2 and 20 says, the blood has a two-fourth particular. First, it is a covenant hidden of our sins from God, judgment. Our life has hid with Christ and our affections are now on things above. Set your affection on things above and not on things of this earth. Where is your affection at tonight? Thanks to God. As you see, amen, the signs of time is rapidly unfolding before our eyes, and you know things is not right. Where is your affection at? Your affection is on things of this earth? Well, let me tell you something. The Bible says set your affection on things above. This earth is temporary. And this earth is going to pass away. And all that is in it is going to be in a burn up. But what manner of woman or man you ought to be in conversation, you got to be holy. You got to live this thing daily. Not on just on Sunday. You put on your Sunday gold dubs and you go to church and you sing and you pray God. You think that's going to satisfy? No! Seven days a week you must live it. And I don't mean pretending. I mean you got to live it. But it's not hard for those that are really willing to love Jesus, the hard way is to one that want to halfway do right. Now it's hard to live for Jesus when you don't want to really give up everything. Isaiah, in the days that King of the died, I also saw the Lord. And our affections are not on things above. When the blood of Jesus 
is the cleansing, changing of our souls. Amen. Just like, you know, people that have to go through dialysis. When that blood gets contaminated, they have to go to, 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 to dialysis, amen, sometimes every day in the week. The blood got to be clean. Well, amen, the blood of Jesus is a cleansing, changing our soul. Jesus' blood cleans our soul. It's a process. It cleans our soul. You could say you're going through a spiritual dialysis change. It sacrificed blood cleans the blackness sin from the soul are so complete that we have no condemnation of our sinful past. It ain't clean. Romans 8 and 1 say, therefore is therefore is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. When you live right for Jesus, there is no condemnation that you can be condemned by. The blood of Jesus cleansed us. We feel that if we are innocent, that we never sin. Of course, we remember our sinful past, but we have no guilt since the blood of Jesus washed our sins away. No, we don't have no guilt, amen, since the blood of Jesus washed our sins away. We don't regret that at all. And you don't want to go back to it. We're talking about backsliding, amen. What is there to backslide to go back to? When I really understood I was having, called myself having fun, I didn't realize, amen, the devil was in my life. And when I was trying to take my life through people that I thought was my friends and my associates, I thought I was out there having fun, acting ignorant. But when I came to Jesus, his precious blood washed me, cleaned me up. And let me see, amen, how many times that he allowed me to escape death. We joy in the cross and take pleasure in living the crucified life with Christ. Crucify your life. Bury the old man, amen. If your old man come up and try to live in your life, amen, rebuke that old man. Put him back to sleep. Don't let it beat you praying. Don't let it beat you talking. Put that enemy back to sleep. It's abundance grace. It's abundance grace, amen. It assures us, amen, that we start in us. He will complete his mercy for his mercy upon us. It take away the fear of judgment. We don't have to worry about, amen, what's coming up on this earth. We don't have to, amen, worry about being lost when you know you don't wrap yourself up in Jesus. Be ye holy, for I am holy. This is Dr. Moore tonight saying, God bless you. Once again, thank you for listening, amen, to the word of God tonight.
We got another section. We'll be back on next week. God bless you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.